You're listening to the Pigskin Cafe, a podcast covering the wild world of college football. On tap for today are hot takes, controversy, and analysis on your favorite team. Pull up a seat and your host, Hampton Sipper, will be with you in three, two, one. And we are back. Welcome back into the Pigskin Cafe. My name is Hampton Sipper, and joining me tonight is my good friend, the Red Extraordinaire himself, Chase Haney, and the correspondent at large, Graham Haney. They're joining me tonight to talk a little college football week three takeaway and look ahead to week four. We're going to give our main takeaways for week three before previewing Florida versus Tennessee, Arkansas versus Texas A&M, and Notre Dame versus North Carolina. Week three, as college football usually does, delivered in a big way. App State, Troy, heartbreaking for us, but what an incredible ending to that game. Hail Mary, tip drill, running in the end zone, and pandemonium ensues. What a fantastic win by App State. Troy put up a great effort, and I think a better effort than I I think all three of us really um, thought going into the game. So, was really impressed with that game. That was a good time. Uh, Mississippi State going into the Bayou and the Bayou Bengals handing them their first loss of the year. Really impressive win by LSU to kind of <clears throat> come back in that game, show some re- resiliency. I was wrong on that game. Don't rub it in, Chase. Um, but um, very good win by Brian Kelly because we kind of talked about in the last show, if he loses that one, the wheels might come off a little bit at least for this season, not for the long-term trajectory of the program, but a little distrust and a little fan bickering would have ensued if they lost that one. So big win by them. So those were, you know, kind of two quick takeaways I wanted to mention off the top. I want to have more in just a minute. But, Graham, I want to start with you. What was your big takeaway um, from week three of college football? Yeah, I don't think it has to do with any of the games that happened. It was some news that broke. Um, after a really rough defeat on Saturday, Arizona State fired head coach Herm Edwards. I mean, a legend in the NFL. And I mean, honestly, did surprisingly well for like being an older, you know, you know, pristine coach going from the NFL to college and uh, gets canned at Arizona State, ends up with a 26 and 20 record and uh, like 17 and 14 in conference play. So really not terrible. Uh, but, man, what really was his downfall was everything that was going on behind the scenes. The rumors were that he uh, just didn't want to learn anything about how the you know college you know students operated, how all of uh, academics and eligibility worked. And so he was kind of a liability to uh, the athletic department. They were, you know, feel like they had to babysit him, and that's not something you want to do for somebody you pay millions and millions of dollars uh, each year. And um, then some more rumors that uh, some assistant coaches were uh, yeah. uh, information to help them lose and uh, get him fired. And, Whoa, I, mean, I didn't I, hear about that. Yeah, hey, I sent you that. Yeah, and, you sent me. You sent me that they leaked um, stuff to get him fired. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I do remember that now, but yeah. still, wow. Lying on air. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that now, I swear. It's a Reddit article for uh, for the people out there. Yeah, it was. Um, and, uh, I mean, I feel like you, we talk about that, like, 
in politics, like, oh, there's a leaker in this department or that department. But I don't really feel like college athletics is one where you leak to, like, get results out of something. I feel like it's one of those things there. You you put up your best fight, and then if that's not good enough, then they can you. But it seems like Herm Edwards just it couldn't get you know, ever get everything rolling. You know, everything behind the scenes just seemed to be the downfall. So, I mean, just the crazy situation of losing to Eastern Michigan and then uh, losing your job. It was kind of a tough weekend for Herm Edwards. And uh, they said that he flew a commercial out of Tempe. So, I mean, I guess it, it was pretty bad for somebody that was pretty famous and uh, had, had a pretty bad weekend. So, Hampton, you want to say something? shouldn't have hit send. No, he shouldn't have hit send. You know, that was his big thing in the NFL with a tweet. Don't hit send. Yeah. You shouldn't have hit send. Mm. Shame so, on Herm. I think, Chase. Graham, I'm sorry. I think that just to tack on that real quick, I think he got fired, like, as he's walking off the field. Like, they, yeah. they met him. Hey, just to let you know, that was the last – game you're going to coach here it's like hey man i mean there's no love lost with some of these but Hampton, <laughs> you remember i actually saw in some of the comments on reddit do you remember i think it's brett how do you say it? bulema mcmur no that was at arkansas brett bulema bulema he got fired at halftime i think i think that's oh, the, wow. that was like the one that one up getting walked up to as you're walking off the field <laughs> and getting fired it was i think that he knew at halftime that he was that was the last I guess half mm-hmm. that he was going to coach. So, um, Grandma, I think you about to toss it my way for my takeaways, yeah. and uh, I'm going to do I'm going to do two, which is going to surprise these guys. I got a second one, but it, it, I wow. thought about it as we started here. But uh, hey, the first one I think is, is is a little bit more serious, and the other one's just one to more point out. But the first one, I mean, guys, it's so hard to tell. Is is Oregon the best team in the Pac-12? Is it uh, you know, is it USC? But I think we say that seeing this Oregon team come to Atlanta, play, you know, play UGA and get absolutely waxed. And then what do they do to BYU who beat, you know, a top 10 opponent in Baylor the week before? They almost, you know, they they just absolutely run through this this Bo Nix just like hot and cold, nowhere in between, just shows his head again. And We've kind of said this though. It's it's like he has the Heisman moments, and it's almost like a Carson Wentz. Just this, like he's mm-hmm. hot, or man, he can't get great comp, dude. Great dude, comp. But the only thing I would say that that's not even accurate about that comp is that Carson Wentz will, like, he can shake it off. He can have a Heisman moment and then the dumbest play back to back. With Bo Nix, I mean, it, it's it's more per game. Who are you getting to show up per game? It snowballs yes. if he makes a mistake. And we, we saw him absolutely ball out. The, the ending score was 41-20. to 20. Oregon winning that game. But I think we also have to put an asterisk behind, hey, in the fourth quarter and some trash time, uh, BYU put up 13. So it was 41-7 to seven for the majority of that game. And I think this just makes it kind of a struggle of like, hey, how good is BYU? But then, hey, is this one of those things that can Oregon kind of shake this off? Um, I think that would really, you know, we thought that they were, you know, so far behind, we thought they were going into week one. That the, the I guess the product of week one, but uh, maybe their season is to be redeemed. I just think mm-hmm. that that game told us a lot, and uh, maybe it just kind of brings us a little bit more back to the center. Can't can't really you know anybody can lose at any point, and I just want to point out two teams that we have consistently for the past. I mean, really, as long as I can remember following college football, Kansas and Vanderbilt have been terrible at football and, and duke. Had, what's that and duke and duke mm-hmm. 
But I specifically think just, you know, knowing one of my friends who played at Kansas, I mean, hey, what a, what an exciting time to be a Kansas fan. And it's not these mm-hmm. like – I mean, they're playing, you know, not as of quality opponents. But, man, these guys are showing up and they're playing. And, and I kind of just want to make sure we're given the respect that they deserve of – they're kind of moving and grooving. I think that Alabama, I think they'll take care of business. But, man, I mean, if you're Vanderbilt and you're Kansas – what an exciting time. Maybe they're starting to figure out a formula that gets some excitement going around teams like that. And I think we need to celebrate when teams who seemingly have no hope and have to develop in order to um, I mean, produce results, they can't just go recruit. They, they really have to develop. I just want to shout out the Kansas Jayhawks and also uh, the commanders up at uh, – Vandy. So, are they the commanders or what are they? The volunteer Commodores. 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 Shout out Lionel Richie. That's right. Hampton, have you have you told us the? Did you have anything to add to your Troy App State takeaway? What was your takeaway from this past week? I don't really have much to add to that one, other than like I said, I was very impressed with the effort that Troy put forth. I think John Summerall has them going in the right direction to be able to have the mental toughness and the competitive character to go in to Boone, North Carolina, game day, all the hoopla, and go in there, and they really had that game won. They should have won it. Um, they dropped a pick two plays before the Hail Mary. So it was just an unfortunate ending, but I think it still speaks a lot about that Troy team and kind of where they're going. So I was really impressed with that. On the Oregon thing, I think if Oregon Georgia played now or even like a couple weeks from now, I think it'd be a completely different game because I think Oregon that first week, they came out shell-shocked. Players, coaches, everybody, because Georgia was just so overwhelming athletically. And now um, you got to give props to Dan Lanning for kind of turning that ship around, regrouping after that week one. And Bo Nix has arguably had the best two-game stretch of his career. He's had five touchdowns two weeks in a row. My hot take of 2022 is still in effect that he's going to have a good year, even though he crushed me week one, him and that Oregon team. But kudos to them for getting the job done. My two quick takeaways um, that I saw that I was um, kind of alarmed with is the Texas A&M Miami game. I'm worried that no matter how good or how well they recruit, Mario Cristobal is not going to win a national championship in Miami if he does not improve the way that he coaches on the field. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if y'all watched that game, but he coached scared. He coached not only conservative, but he coached scared. He, I mean, he kicked, what, six or seven field goals? You're not going to walk in to Kyle Field and just kick field goals and win. You got to be aggressive. You got to trust your quarterback who's supposed to be a first round pick. You got to run the ball as you were all night. I mean, you had Knighton who was tearing them up. The offensive line was really winning at the point of attack. What are you laughing at, brother? And Kyle texted me something. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Hey, you're just, good. The, just so the listeners know. Uh, all right. So my brother in law is playing fantasy with us, and Kyle said, I just said, like just sent Tyler a ridiculous trade. He's gonna see if he can make it in the group me, and it made it in the group me. And I'm over here. That was worth, dude. That was worth interrupting my soliloquy for. Absolutely. I'm sorry, golly, I couldn't. No, help. it's okay. I was cracking. All right, I'm good now. Listen, there's no need to pay to go for a comedy show when you just open up our group me. That gives you laughs all all oh, day man. long. 
But um, back to Mario Cristobal in Miami. I just thought he mismanaged that game very poorly. I mean, they were in a position to win. It wasn't like Texas A&M, like we talked about on this show. Max Johnson got inserted. He played all right. But it wasn't like all of a sudden their offense just started clicking. That offensive line is still terrible. Chase is having to collect himself. <laughs> and Mario Cristobal needs to collect himself and improve his coaching or they're not going to compete in the ACC um, and for national championship. I was very discouraged by what I saw from him on Saturday. And then the other takeaway, Penn State is a competitor in the Big Ten, and Auburn is in worse shape than I thought. Brian Harson is not long for this job. And this is me taking off my Alabama hat, my crimson-colored glasses. I think he's a little bit in over his head for Penn State to come in there and completely dominate you in every aspect. The offensive line is a mess. Quarterback position, don't have one. Skill positions are rough. I mean, even the running backs for Auburn, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, who are really good football players, I think they got outplayed by Penn State's running backs on Saturday. Uh, Singleton, number 10, was mighty impressive. I think he had 10 carries for like 130 and a couple of tutties. Very impressed with him and with his lack of recruiting. And with the gauntlet of a schedule that he has, I don't think Brian Harson's long for Auburn. And I hate to say I told you so, but I knew when he got hired, it wasn't going to be a great fit. Now, the administration in Auburn has not get, done him any favors by any means, but I still don't think he's a good fit. I think he's a good football coach, X's and O's wise, but I don't think he was ready for the SEC and a big-time job like Auburn. So those were my two main takeaways from the weekend. Y'all got anything to add before we kind of move on and pick uh, the week four slate? I would just say that uh, Vanderbilt, we talked about the first pod that I was on. That sure did. expected win total was two and a half, and I said yeah. they would get over it by week four. And get over, baby. We are. So there we go. I did not put money on that because I don't believe in Vanderbilt that much. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when was the last time that Alabama played Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt had a winning record? I can tell you when. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 20, 2017, I believe they were 2-0, and okay. and Alabama went um, into Vanderbilt Stadium and spanked them like 59 to nothing. Yeah. Um, we actually, we actually watched that game together, Chase, at the Grice's tailgate. Shout out John Steven and the Grice family. Um, and that was when Tua did the spin move mm-hmm. and threw it to Devontae, and we were all losing our mind. That was that game. That was the last time Alabama played Vandy with a winning record. Wasn't that also the clip before that game happened? There were some Vanderbilt players yes. that were, like, talking junk, talking about the how – The D-linemen. Like, yeah, yeah, just – yeah. I mean, that probably set the program back a little bit. It absolutely <laughs> Small progress. Did. Small progress that it made. But It absolutely did. But I will have to say credit – to Vandy, that staff under Clark Leah, um, because he's done a really good job yeah. establishing a culture. Now they got two quarterbacks of who are apparently yeah. very good. Uh, Mike Wright, I don't know what happened to him against Northern Illinois, but they put that Swan kid in, and mm-hmm. he threw for like two to three hundred yards and four tutties himself. So, kudos to them. That'll be a fun game. I'm picking Bama. We're not going to preview it on the show. Let's get into the games we are going to preview. And not the best slate this week, but there are three really interesting games. Florida coming off of eking it out against South Florida is going to play Tennessee, who is red hot at home. Chase, I'll start with you. Who do you got? Hey, 
simply put, I'm I'm actually a believer, and and I'm excited for this Tennessee team and their program. I think that it's kind of one of those, hey, when Tennessee is good, the whole sport is better, and they've been exciting to watch. So uh, Hampton doesn't agree with me. I <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I I they went in. I called them to beat Pittsburgh. I mean they've they've you did. I mean they were almost at like a, for a second, almost at like that Vanderbilt level. Of just could they not were. get really anything going, and I'm just I think they made a great coaching hire that I don't know if I, when he got hired I don't know if I loved it to begin with, mm-hmm. and I've just been steadily proved wrong by them. But they've shown that it's not just like one player or these flashes of greatness. They have a system they're trying to play within, and it is extremely fast. Give me Tennessee, and what more I'm looking for is I want to see if. AR-15, I want to see if he – I think it's crazy that, that NFL scouts are looking at all his his tangibles, but it's like, man, it's another one of those guys that, like, can he make the NFL throws? And I don't – I mean, they struggle with South Florida. So, hey, mm-hmm. give me Tennessee. And, and I want to see Tennessee kind of go a little bit of a run here. I think they beat LSU the next game and then go in that Alabama game. If they go in undefeated, that's, that's a fun game right there. And it's That will be – the biggest game in Knoxville in 15 years. Yeah, uh, that will be a raucous environment. Game day will be there. It'll be hey, wild. Alabama will continue to bless the UTs of the world and help bring game day there. Help you know have mm-hmm. maximum capacity, tickets sold out. So, anyways, that's what I'm looking forward to. So, and 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 all that to say, I've got Tennessee winning that game. Looking forward to an undefeated undefeated Tennessee, hopefully playing Alabama in uh, in Knoxville. Graham, what are you thinking? How, how do you how do you see this game being a, a native Tennessean at this point? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I sound like a broken record because we've talked about Tennessee consistently on the pod, and I mean their offense just so explosive. Hinton Hooker is a legitimate quarterback, and I'm not even going to talk about this year's game. In uh, the press conference this week, Josh Heupel said that uh, Tennessee was ready for redemption. And anytime you're like looking back years past at those kind of games, either you're you're gonna play so awful because that's all you focused on, or you're gonna boat race somebody. And uh, man, it was it was ugly last year. I think Florida won like thirty eight to fourteen. So I mean, it was honestly a blowout. I, I think Tennessee comes to put on a show they've been tested and they have been you know they've been tested and they've survived every test so far florida i mean it seems like they just it seems like they peaked their first game and they're going downhill i i think that uh tennessee that offense is just going to be more than uh, florida can handle you know if ar15 can't make the throws jace like you were talking about then i think tennessee could win this one big time so give me tennessee and the volunteers uh, at home for some redemption. How about you, Hampton? So um, I'm going to make mine quick. I think Tennessee wins this game. It's at home, big game for the momentum of their program, like y'all, y'all both said. And I've got some real concerns about this Florida team. I like their direction under Billy Napier, but they're going to be missing Ventro Miller, their linebacker, more than likely. You saw what that did to their defense against South Florida. They rushed for over 250 yards on them. He's that big of a component, um, that big of a cog in that wheel. And so I'm a little worried about that. I'm worried with their offense. I mean, it has been abysmal since week one, and that is because of AR's inability to throw the ball. What I'm going to be very interested in, 
very interested is if this is the game where maybe Napier's been saving it and kind of reeling it back, where they unleash like AR's legs in a big way and they almost become like a predicated Gus Malzahn type option, pound the rock, ball control offense, because I think that is their only way to to compete and vie for a win in this game because it's not going to be on the arm of AR unless you give him really easy throws. Um, he's just not there in his development, and I don't think that's going to be enough, even though I really do like their run game and the stable of backs they have. Give me Tennessee at home, and Graham, I'm with you. I think there's potential for this to be a splattering and a big-time win for the Vols. Let's go on to the next game. We have Arkansas and A&M playing at a neutral site. This is always a really good game, really fun game in week four. Graham, really quickly, I don't think we have to have too much discussion on this one. Who do you got winning? Yeah, I think we talked about it whenever uh, we broke down the SEC West. I think that Arkansas is too good on the line of scrimmage, um, and I think they're going to win this one. I think that you know they're they're actually underdogs. A and M's favored by a point and a half. I, I'm going to take that. What? Yeah, A and M's favored by a point and a half. I'm going to take uh, Arkansas. That offensive line, that defensive line, and I mean honestly, just their their ability to score is going to be you know better than Texas A and M's, which sounds like. You know, really Booger McFarland, but I mean, that <laughs> comes down to it. AM struggles to score. I think Arkansas has got good weapons. Chase, what do you think? Yeah, Graham, I think you're spot on with the, with the pick here. I'll just say this was the game last year. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> uh, I, I think this was the game last year. We said, oh man, hey, Arkansas has, has mm-hmm. gotten a whole lot better. And hey, if you get AM out of Kyle Field, I mean, that's that's not a help towards A&M. That's a help mm-hmm. towards Arkansas. And let me tell mm-hmm. you, there are plenty of people, if you don't know this, there's plenty of people that are from the Dallas area. This is going to be played in Jerry's World, right? right. Just for context, hey, there, th- there's uh, the thing where if you're a Texas resident, it's really hard to get into some of these Texas schools so you can go to Arkansas with in-state tuition. There are plenty of people that have houses they can stay at for free, Arkansas is going to pack this place, and, hey, they're coming expecting to win. I think some of these A&M people might be coming a little bit shaky, not knowing how it's going to turn out because they went last year and lost, and this year hasn't been what they expected to be. So all that say, give me Arkansas, and, hey, I'll even say give me to them by, I'll say 17. What do you think, Hampton? That insight right there is stuff you only hear on the Pigskin Cafe. I did not know that. Thank you for inviting our viewers. (laughs) Local reporter on site. At the game, uh, absolutely good stuff. Chase on that. I'm with y'all. I'm going to make it short and sweet. Arkansas, big time. They're going to be able to run the ball very effectively. KJ's been effective through the air. And that A&M offense is just not up to snuff. Even with getting Evan Stewart back from suspension, I don't think that they're going to be able to go blow for blow with Arkansas. Even though I will say, and this is a tease for the Alabama-Arkansas game, Arkansas is the worst-rated Pass defense in the country. So, if this is if a game is going to get the Texas A&M offense right, it's this one because they're going to be able to exploit that secondary. They're going to be opportunities to be had. Can they do it? I don't think enough to pull off the ups, or pull off the win. Apparently, it's not going to be an upset because they're favored. <laughs> so, Arkansas with the win, and finally Notre Dame versus North Carolina. I'll start here and then I'll go to y'all. Give me North Carolina, big time. Notre Dame has struggled all year long other than the Ohio State game. 
Mr. Uh, Mr. Pine, the quarterback, was getting chewed out by Tommy Reese on the mic, um, on the headset. It's not going to be good for them. I'm a big fan of Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback, even though he said a pretty dumb comment um, earlier <laughs> this week. But uh, he's a really good football player, and I think they're going to uh, to blow out the the Irish. Love you, Kyle. Sorry, it's just true. Chase, who you got in this one? I think I think you're spot on. I think that at the end of the day, North Carolina has the better quarterback. Um, but hey, I, I also think this North Carolina team hadn't really shown me too much that makes me believe in their defense that they can stop anybody. So it might it might be one of those times. It's like, hey, Notre Dame can kind of control the game. That's how I. If Notre Dame were to win this, they uh, they control the game. And uh, that's how the, that's that's going to be their approach. But I think North Carolina doesn't have a problem scoring. Give me North Carolina. Graham, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to be a close one, but I'll go North Carolina too. You talked about North Carolina's defense and how awful it was. I think that's the benefit to Notre Dame and their lackluster offense so far. Maybe they figure some things out and get something going and uh, just get comfortable, you know, pine at quarterback. But uh, I think that North Carolina, again, is just too powerful on offense. And uh, Notre Dame's just – I mean, I, I don't really know if there's a, a star on that defense this year like there was like Kyle Hamilton last year. Um, like Marcus Freeman, again, think he's doing you know the right things, just not working out now. So give me uh, Mac Brown and uh, the Fighting Tar Heels in Chapel Hill. I like it. And with that, that'll do it for our college football week four preview show guys thank you so much for joining me tonight and if you're new here to the pigskin cafe this is your first time watching we appreciate you listening to us and we hope that you stick around for the rest of the year hit that subscribe button on youtube leave us a like leave us a comment and hit that notification bell so you will know anytime a new video comes out also we're available on podcast in podcast form on spotify and apple Podcasts. follow us on social media on instagram and twitter at the Pigskin Cafe, and we will be back next week previewing week five of college football. We're going to be a third of the way done with college football after this weekend concludes. So the Pigskin Cafe is closed for now, but until next time, chew on that.